All right, folks, this is a, a stripped-down version of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. We don't have any editing this week, so hang tight. Let's, let's bring Billy Bradley in here, and we'll get started. Um, you'll... Billy Bradley, how the hell are you doing, son? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks for uh, picking up. We're, this is a stripped-down version, Billy Bradley. There's no editing. Uh, we will Everything that we say stays in. My um, person who does the editing had a death in the family, and so uh, we're just going to go ahead and roll with it. I, and Billy, i got to be bluntly honest with you, man. The, the race at Homestead certainly gave us a champion, a two-time champion in Kyle Busch. I wouldn't say it was the greatest race of all time, but it was. It had some very interesting things in it that happened. Um, what we saw, no cautions, but we did see uh, Martin Truex Jr. Martin Truex Jr.'s crew put the wrong tires on the wrong wheel. Billy Bradley. I, it, <laughs> I mean, you talk about a snafu. A couple of times this year. Yeah, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. You know what? Hell, let's call Rob Lopes. He's our resident uh, tire guy. Hang on just a second, bud. Let's give old Rob Lopes a call. What do you say? Yeah, let's call the professor. How the hell are you doing, son? I got you loud and clear. You got me? Yeah, I got you, Rob. Um, oh, we were yeah. just talking... We were just talking about um, what's that? That service down in Tijuana must be pretty good. We still got Rob. Listen, man, you don't need to be giving away my location right now. You know, <laughs> that's top secret, Billy. Top secret until February. I mean, I mean, I mean the only people, the, the only people that know where I am right now are you and the student loan people. <laughs> so, so you, you guys are kind of like these uh, so-called teachers. They get, they say they get all summer off. Y'all yeah. get. After Homestead, y'all had the rest of the season off, right? Y'all don't work or nothing. Y'all enjoy all that. Hell no. We don't work. What are you kidding? You know how much money we make during the year? Yeah. I'm sitting in my – dude, I got a house – dude, I got a house in Mazatlan, Mexico. I got another uh-huh. one in Hawaii because that's how much money we make, and that's all I do in the, in the yeah. winter because I don't have to build no race cars, no equipment, no nothing. And if Billy, you believe that, people, go. y'all are – I got some oceanfront property – in Arizona. <laughs> you dig? Anyway. Well, on. here we go, fellas. we got to talk about this race, the championship race at Homestead Miami Speedway. Now, I'm a big proponent of keeping the, the first race of the year and the last race of the year at the same place. I think it, it, it provides some continuity. I think if Being those people Florida? who say, uh, I think it needs to stay there. I think these people that say you have to start the season uh, with a Daytona 500, it's our Super Bowl, blah blah blah. Well, you have to, if you if it, you have to do you don't have to do shit. You don't have to do anything, uh, and, and you can certainly move it and that sort of thing. I, I don't feel like really. I don't feel like having it known. Uh, it doesn't matter where you move the track. Somebody is better at that track than they are another track. Um, we, we have seen people like we know that when Kevin Harvick goes to Texas, um, he's probably going to be pretty good. Uh, when he goes to Phoenix, he's probably going to be pretty good. I mean, it, just moving around, it, is, it, it doesn't matter. Somebody's always going to be good at that track or not. But Kyle Busch goes down there, Billy Bradley. We, you and I picked, didn't even pick him uh, as our, in our final. Uh, Rob Lobes did pick him to, to did? get there. Um, Out of the three did, of us, who picked Kyle Busch? 
You picked oh, Kyle Busch. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad you got that in. My bad. I forgot. But Billy, um, now that Kyle Busch has won, after being in the entire season, does this legitimize him as a as a true NASCAR champion, bud? Absolutely not, in my opinion. Why not, being, He relied on the regular season points to carry him all the way through. I know you guys think he should, and I, I don't think like, – Kyle Busch on these 10 races had an average finish of 11.3. Holy shit, Billy's That's done some great. homework. That's Holy good. Crap. That's a good finish. Did you, did you chair another Achilles? I mean, no. man. I did this while I was sitting out in the tree stand, just, you know, not seeing any deer because they've been kicking my ass here lately. All right, Billy. Hey, let me, let me make sure there. I heard you right. Billy, you saying that in the 10 races that made up the playoffs, Kyle Busch averaged an 11.3 place finish? 11. And, you know, you got Martin Truex and Kevin Harvick. Martin Truex was a 5.8, and mm. Kevin Hart wow. was 5.9. Damn. Wow. Joey Logano, yeah. who was out in the second round, was 11.8. He almost had a better average than Kyle Busch. Than our champion. champion. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? It's all about the format, man. Yeah, You I play agree. the format. You play the format. All right, Billy Bradley, let me ask you this question. If, if I, now, I know you don't like the rule where you keep those points all the way through. He had a hell of a, a regular season. He, and, and, and listen, I don't disagree with the fact that maybe that rule needs to be changed and it needs to you know, maybe stop after the first round or so. First I, I don't, round. I don't, Get them through yeah, the first round. They deserve it. And, and you've said that for – Okay, yeah. Okay. You, you said that all playoff long, and I don't necessarily disagree with it. I, I, I really don't. Um, but I, in my mind, he he did what he had to do, and I can't take it away from him. I don't like. He did what he had to do when he had to do it. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily like how he got it. I definitely don't like how he got the first one. I don't like how he got the second one, but. He did it by the rules that were given to him and by everybody else. I would like to see the rule change, okay? I would definitely like to see the rule change. But, but I'll, I'll put it to you like, like this, Billy Bradley. Um, NASCAR is a very reactive governing body. They, as a matter of fact, they went to this, um, this playoff format after Dale Jr. blew his engine at Chicago at the first race. If you remember back in 2014, and if they would have done this, this, Playoff format in 2014. Dale Jr. is your 2014 NASCAR champion. Would have had a championship. Would have had a championship. And I think I think now that they've seen this, I mean, look at the truck the truck series. Uh, Matt Crafton, who is a craft. I mean, he's now listen. He's got three truck titles. He's been there forever, but he didn't win a race this year. I think that's a problem. They had a lot of engine failures. Look at all the engine failures that group had. And we know that there was some, you know, the company that provided those engines that definitely had screwed up, and um, I think it was Lamore or whatever. But I, I guarantee bad. you there will probably change something in the truck series because many people were upset. I'm, I mean, he won it per the rules. I don't like the rules. But I, I, I can't – I don't think – I think there should be an asterisk beside 
Kyle Busch's first championship. I don't think there should be a, a, an asterisk beside this championship because, unfortunately, he won per the rules. Rob Lopes, uh, we've, you've been in this – you've seen every playoff, uh, every homestead or finale that, that we've had here. Billy and I noticed in the in-car camera – Every time Kyle Busch passed somebody, what did he do, Billy Bradley? Tell me what he did. It's just so everybody knows that we, you and I both saw he, this. He stuck his hand out the window, gave a little two-finger salute, and it wasn't the middle one. It was the the wave, the thank you wave that, yep. you know, he was he was appreciative that they got out of their way. They didn't race him like Kyle Busch would have raced anyone else. Yeah. Now, Rob Lopes, as a professional um, here, the only professional here. I, I, I am going to assume that Thanks for that, that, that there's, I mean, I, from, a, from a fan sitting in Texas watching this race, uh, actually I was mm-hmm. in Florida when I watched that race, but as a fan sitting here, and you got two fans, one watching it in Virginia on his couch, one watching it in, in Florida from his couch, and it looked to me like every driver saw one of the championship four coming and said, you know what, I'm not going to fight this guy hard. Am I seeing, is, is that what's happening? Is that not what happened? What, what is your perspective from where you sit down there in the pits? Okay, I'm going to tell you something right now as far as this goes. It doesn't matter the format, okay, because I'm going to tell you this. In 2010, I was on the 29 car with Kevin Harvick, Gil Martin was a crew chief, mm-hmm. and we stomped everybody's ass in the regular season. We were yeah. part, and that's when they used to park the champion first. Yeah. You know, past champion was parked first, and then everybody else was parked in points, not the way they park now. And, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm looking at it from a nuts and bolts kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we parked next to the 48 all season because they were the champion, and we were the point leader. We were the point leader all year. Okay, mm-hmm. and then we went to Homestead, and we were third in points, and there was only three cars that were running for the championship, and it was not this playoff format. It was a different yeah. format. But yeah. there was three cars running for the, for the points, running for the championship. It was the 48, the 11, and the 29. Mm-hmm. Now, we had to win that race, yeah. basically, to be the champion. Mm-hmm. We ended up finishing third in points, but we – but that's only because we stumbled a little bit later in the season, and that's neither here nor there. But the fact of the matter is this. We got a speeding penalty on pit road in Homestead and went to the rear of the field. And it was like Moses was standing on the hood because the seas parted, because you know why? This guy is running for a championship. Don't race him hard. It doesn't matter the format. Nobody wants to be the guy that races somebody that's running for a championship and take him out or slow him down or whatever. We're talking about a whole different scenario than the Matt D. Benedetto, Ryan Newman thing at Bristol. We're talking about a whole different scenario. Yeah. Okay? You're talking about three guys running for a championship and then – under the current format, you're talking about four guys running for the championship. Nobody yeah. wants to be that guy. Yep. So it doesn't matter the format. If you're in contention for the championship, yeah. you know what? Go race who you need to race. Yeah. Because it's like I, I had said this earlier. 
and I think I might even text you, Dan, about it. It is a race within a race. There's four guys racing for a championship, and there's 36 other dudes racing to race. And, and it is what it is. And we were talking about the truck series earlier. Matt Crafton won the championship without winning a race. He didn't win at Homestead either. Yeah. Right or wrong? Now, you don't see that in the Cup Series. You do not see that in the Cup Series. Cup Series. Under the current format, there is yet to be a winner in the Cup Series that did not win the race. Yeah. Because nobody wants to be that guy. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's fine. Uh, And and, and I I 100% get that, Billy, because you know (laughs) fan is short for the word fanatic. You know, God – help Garrett Smiley or Smithley or whatever the hell his name is. He got in the way of Kyle Busch or him or some shit. Nobody, nobody wants to be that guy. But Billy Bradley, I am, I am proposing, and, and you and I have talked about this during the week, uh, that there has to be a different incentive. But I am proposing that kind of like the all-star race gives a million dollars to the race winner, I think the that at Homestead or Phoenix or wherever the hell this damn final race is, I really don't give a shit. I just wish I don't want it to move around though, to be quite frank with you. But no, wherever this race is, I think what they should do is give a million dollar bonus to somebody not in the championship four if they win that damn race. That would get everybody involved go up there and get wow. a fucking victory, just like they do the all-star race, okay? You want to give I mean, a million dollars? Dude, that, hey, that's a big-time move, Dan. Holy Listen, son I'm, a, holy I'm a bold son of a bitch, and I want look, to see look. racing. I want the best drivers in the world not to have to drive around 32 other cars. I want them to have to race. 32 or 34 other cars. I think there's only 38 cars in, in the field. Dan, but Billy, I think they, they kind of already do that at Homestead. Don't they give, like, a, a nice boat for their trophy? I mean, isn't it? I mean, a, I mean it's not a million-dollar yacht, but, Billy, I mean, Billy, I just want to win a race for a damn boat. That $25,000 boat, <laughs> every driver that's going to come up and win that damn race can probably buy 40 of them. I mean, let's, let's, I mean they, they don't need that I fucking boat. Okay, yeah, let me pump the brake. We are talking we're, about... We're, step, we're stepping over dollars to get the dimes right here. You need to dangle the phone in front of them pit bulls. You, listen, yeah. that's dangle, the only dangle thing. A damn, you need to dangle a beef rib in front of them damn pit bulls. A million yeah. dollars does it, because you You're know right. what? Right. That is everybody... I mean, they do it for the All-Star Race, because the All-Star Race is fucking horrible. We, I mean, the All-Star Race, one year the All-Star Race was great, and those poor bastards in Charlotte, North Carolina, thought that they had seen the coming of the Lord. They're like, oh, my God, did you see that race? It was fantastic. One out of 30, it does not make that thing great. It sucks at Charlotte Motor Speedway. The only way they can get, I mean, everybody wants that million dollars, though. Everybody races like hell in that final segment. If you're going to have a race where everybody doesn't want to be a, a part of the reason why somebody lost it, I get that. I wouldn't want to be that either. Make it an incentive so that some – and by the way, if one of the championship four wins the race, they don't get the million dollars. They're already going to get what they're going to get. A million dollars right. for the person who – It's a million, dollars, outside, it's a million dollars outside the championship four. Dude, yes. damn, I like the way you think, man. Yes, that's I think that's the – Billy, uh, if 
What's that? By God, Kyle Larson did his best until he spit the crank out. Yep, that's exactly right. And when we go to Phoenix, was going to be a party spoiler. And when we get to Phoenix, I honestly, God, do not care. What it doesn't matter what racetrack we go to, everybody is going to pull over, and I don't. I know why they pull over. I'm not saying it's it's idiotic. I, I get it. I, I don't want to be that person, Billy. You wouldn't want to be they that have, person. Nobody wants to wreck Kyle Busch. They have nothing to gain by racing. Exactly. I mean, like I'm saying, exactly, the ones Billy. That's not exactly. There's the nothing game. to gain. There's nothing to gain by racing those guys. Yeah, yeah. and there's it, nothing to lose. They're pretty well set to where they're at. And that with the point situation we have, I mean, yeah. they might gain a few spots, but it's really not worth it to race them that hard to be that guy that takes them out of the championship. Billy, the only race that was there at Homestead was a race to be in the contention for the the, the money, you know, the, the weekly money by having all those stickers on your your front quarter panel i think you got to finish in the top 20 or top 25 or something to get to get that that money with all the stickers on the front like you know all those stp or whatever the hell they are on there that was the only race that was in there everything else was done except that, for the rookie of the year another and the, whole conversation that's yeah, a whole nother conversation. conversation the rookie of the year was so damn, the off season. yeah it, 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 it was i mean the rookie of the year was so terrible I mean, it was. I mean, who wants Priest or Hemrick? Well, they both were not good. I mean, who, uh, nobody's excited about that. I, I think the only way to do it is to make a big ass. And, and let me tell you something: you you give Kyle Larson, Kurt Busch, um, Ryan Newman, guys like that, who you know, an opportunity to go up there and win. I mean, I think about Ryan Blaney. I mean, all these guys—they're uh, they, all going to act just like they do at the All Star race. They're going to want to get up front. They're going to want to stay there, and they're going to want to win that million dollars because then they get a million dollars and they get Billy Bradley's uh, bass boat that he so covets. Um, <laughs> yeah, just give me the bass boat. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Bradley. Uh, I didn't Billy mean Bradley. to have an outburst there, but that's fantastic. <laughs> um, boys, the biggest news uh, of the of the week besides. Uh, Kyle Bush is old of uh, seven time. Jimmy Johnson, the 48, oh, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, the best NASCAR driver I have ever seen behind the wheel of, of, a, of, a, of a cup car is calling it quits after the 2020 season. Billy, you and I called this very early in the year. I mean, I think most knowledgeable fans, when they found out that, you know, the new car is coming in 2021 and, you know, his age and, and where he's at and that sort of thing. And he's, I mean, he's got kids now and all this kind of stuff. I mean, he's pretty much done everything you can do in NASCAR except win number eight. He still has a chance to go for it. Billy, I'm, I was one of those people who thought Jimmy Johnson was vanilla. I know you were one of those people too, but our minds got changed over the course of the last several years, didn't they, bud? Exactly. I thought I wasn't a Jimmy Johnson fan even when he was going after number seven. I thought it was going to be special that I was going to be able to witness it. But yeah. I didn't want to see him do it because I wasn't a Jimmy Johnson fan. Yep. But after getting to, you know, hearing some of Jimmy Johnson's stories, I was like, man, he seems like a down-to-earth kind of guy. Billy, when he got on Twitter um, and his personality came out, he's one of the few guys. There's only been a few um, athletes on Twitter that their Twitter – feed changed my opinion on him. Chad Ochocinco, I used to hate that guy. I thought he was the biggest idiot on the planet. Then I followed him for, for a long time. That's why and, 
that's exactly why I hated him. And then I followed him, and I was like, man, that's, that, that guy's actually pretty nice. He's a pretty good guy. I mean, he's got troubles like everybody else, but I had changed my opinion of him. And Jimmy Johnson was the same way. You saw his personality. You saw that he, he was funny. He was gutsy. Um, he was anything but vanilla. He just didn't give a shit what you and I thought, Billy Bradley. Uh, he could care less what you and I thought. He was going to be himself, and he wasn't going to change. And, and Rob Lopes, I know you were a part of that 48 88 shop for, for many years, and I know you have a huge respect for old seven time. Yes, I do. And, and you know, the funny thing is, is I had a lot of respect for him before because I worked on several teams that raced against him. Yeah. And you want to talk about Superman with his cape coming out, that cat <laughs> gets it done. And you can say what you want to say. He, he's faded. He's done this. He's done that. You know what? That man has done a lot of stuff with a race car, and he is a machine. And I will speak from, from, the, from a crew member standpoint that worked on the 88. We were racing him at Dover, and we were the leader. And that son of a gun drove around us. <laughs> Drove around us on the top side to win the race. We finished second. And, I mean, you want to talk about the Superman cave hanging out the damn window? Come on, man. There's only Somebody one guy going to do on that. Top of Dover. And his and name is Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson. Damn Johnson. And, yeah. you know, and the funny thing is, is me being a Hendrick, I got to talk to him personally and this and that. And, you know, the funny thing is, is Jimmy Johnson knows my name. Yeah. Not that that's a big deal, but you know what? I've talked to that cat, yeah. and he's as cool as snowman sweat. He really is. Yeah. He's very, he's he, very cool. And, and that son of a gun, you stick that son of a gun in the seat of a race car, mm-hmm. cut the crap. Let's yeah. be honest. He didn't win seven championships because he's average <laughs> and he's vanilla. Yeah. He is a superman in a race car. All right, let me ask you this, Rob. Let's not be at um, let me ask you this, Rob Lopes and Billy. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you next, Rob. Um, where do you where do you rank Jimmy Johnson in the history of the sport? I mean, I, I, do you rank him uh, in the top five? Do you rank where, where do you rank him? Third. Behind who's Third. number one and two? Petty, Earnhardt, and him. Okay. Three seven time championships in order of the way they won them. Yeah. Okay. I'm I respect sorry. that. And, you know, and there's probably some Jimmy Johnson fans out there that will raise hell about that. But you know what? Richard Petty won seven championships and won 200 races. And actually, they were running two races a week, three races a week. And they were dragging their stuff on freaking with a dually or a pickup truck across the country to Riverside and all that shit. You know what? Dale Earnhardt Sr., I I am fortunate enough to work for his company. I was at DEI for you know, quite a few years, and that man, he drove for Richard Childress, owned his own company, and let me tell you something, he knew everybody's name, I guarantee you, he knew everybody's name at Childress's, he knew everybody's name at DEI, and that son of a gun could drive a race car, and he won seven. Yeah. Okay? Jimmy Johnson won seven, and he's third, and I'm sorry, but that's just because we're going to go chronological. He's well, that's fine. There's nothing but wrong you know with that. What? Billy Bradley, 
you, what would you, you put you look, The company he's in, for real? Yeah. yeah. Let's be honest. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, 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 no, you can't go wrong. Billy, where do you put Jimmy Johnson? Where do you rank Jimmy Johnson? I don't know, I, I, I would go Dale Earnhardt first. I did not like him, but he was a damn race driver and a champion. I put Jimmy Johnson second and Richard Petty third. The reason Richard Petty third is because he re- he got a lot more attempts to get those championships, to get those. I mean, hell, he would win races by multiple people being yeah. down. And he had there was two races a week. So, you know, he had a lot more chances to get those points leads. So that's the way I would rank it. All right. Well, let me tell you where I'd I put it. I'd put um, – <laughs> I put Jimmy Johnson first. The reason why I put Jimmy Johnson first is because in I, I believe that he had the toughest competition. Not 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 saying that Daryl Waltrip wasn't competition, Dale Jarrett wasn't competition for you know for for Dale Senior and that sort of thing. But the way NASCAR restricted the, these aren't stock cars like they. There is so few things you ha, you can do to these cars when the the car tomorrow came out. Um, I I just I just think to me that the the, the competition and the, the the what you could do to to manipulate that car was a hell of a lot less when Jimmy Johnson won his seven than when um, than when uh, Dale Earnhardt won his and certainly when Richard Petty won his. Richard Petty, I mean, <laughs> Richard Petty had the biggest cheated up car. Um, uh, that anybody had ever seen, and and again, I just we're talking about times, but I think the competition was the toughest in Jimmy Johnson's era from from first to fortieth, and that's why I put him first. I think Dale Earnhardt is number two, and I put I put Richard Petty at, at number three. But I don't know that there's I, I it doesn't I'm not upset at what Rob said. He had good points. I'm not upset at what Billy said. Hey, he had good points. Yeah. When they want to call Rob back, he uh, he hit end on accident. He just sent a text. <laughs> okay, well that's just a good time to get him back because I just finished up my uh, I just finished up my thing. Let's call him back here. I'm here. All right, I got you. Um, I just finished up what, what I was saying, Rob, about uh, Jimmy Johnson one, uh, Dale Earnhardt two, and, and Richard Petty number three. But I, this is one thing to say: if anybody has earned, uh, if anybody has earned a, a farewell tour, uh, it was Dale Jr. If there's anybody else that could earn a farewell tour that would rival Dale Jr.'s, it's Jimmy Johnson. I mean, we're living in times of greatness. Uh, there's only yeah. two of those guys alive, and Jimmy Johnson absolutely should be celebrated. And I was one of those big Jimmy Johnson haters yeah. early in his in his career, and I'm such a fan right now. And 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 I'm and I'm I'm gracious for what he did, grateful for what he did for the sport. I'm grateful for the person he is. I'm grateful for you know he it just. Jimmy Johnson's one of them guys where you would, I mean, if he was your neighbor, you would live, be living a blessed life. He's just a good dude, and, and I'm, I'm glad I got to watch him. Let's move straight over to... Um, Hold on, I got one more thing. I'm a yeah. little pissed that he, he chose next year to do it because we got my boy Busher coming over to Rouse Fenway this year, and I wanted to go all in on him, but I can't next year because I want to watch Jimmy Johnson go out 
in his career. So, Billy Bradley, let me tell you something. Are you going there? Are you freaking Listen, really going there right now? Billy, it's been a long season. You need some rest, son. You, you absolutely need you know to what? get your feet You've off You've been in a deer stand too much or something, man. You know what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I got news for you. Deer are kind of like people. There's some that get active at 5 in the morning or some get active at yeah. 9 in the morning. Maybe you should catch a second shift, man. Sleep <laughs> <Yeah>. in. <laughs> Billy's sleep deprived here because these bucks are chasing does and Billy's chasing bucks. And I think they both the bucks and Billy are both got their tongue dragging on the ground um, right about now. But um, hey, real quick, let, let's just let's just talk about um, you know there's a lot of speculation on who's going to go in JJC, and we might as well just talk about it. I, I think sure. that um, I, 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 I honestly God don't know. I don't think. I mean. <laughs> Rick Hendrick has publicly said on several occasions that he made a mistake the first time he let um, Brad Keselowski go. He won't make it the second time. I don't think Brad Keselowski comes over. He also said that he loves the way Kyle Larson drives. I don't think Chip Ganassi lets, lets, um, lets Kyle Larson go. Billy, I think Hendrick Motorsports is, unless something major happens, if, if somebody gets bought out of a contract, I don't think there's anybody in the sport – Rick Hendrick would would mortgage the farm to bring out. I, I mean, logically, the only thing you can imagine is that Noah Gragson is going to be a feat. Not ready. Noah Gragson certainly not ready not to ready. drive a damn cup car, Billy. I don't. I also don't have any idea who would be in it. Do you have any idea, Billy? I don't. I know who the big loser is in the situation. That's Tyler Reddick. Yeah. Well, let me put Why it to you like. Why do you say that, Billy? I'm not saying Tyler Reddick was re- not ready to go up for a cup race, and I absolutely think he is. But I think I think that car was sitting there waiting for Tyler Reddick to come up. You know, and you don't wait on the opportunity; you go for it. But I think Tyler Reddick's going to fall all the way back down and be a 13th to 20th place driver where he's going now. I mean, you saw the organization's not doing very well. So I think if he would have waited the Hendrick Motorsports, they've turned their shit around. They're at, almost at the top of their game again. So Tyler Reddick could have been in the 48 car. All right, let me let me say this oh, right okay. here, Billy. I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I got you. Let, let me say this, Billy. I think Tyler Reddick is a uh, – I thought he was a little punk when he first came on the scene, and I've changed my mind a little bit on him after I've seen him handle himself. I think Tyler Reddick has more confidence in his left pinky than uh, – and you have to be a confident son of a bitch to drive a, a cup car into those corners, okay? I get that. But that little son of a bitch ain't, ain't scared of anything, and he's got plenty of confidence. And I think he looked around, and he's like, look at all those people at, junior, uh, at, um, at Hendrick Motorsports. I want to be in a cup car now. And I think he went over to RCR because he thought he could get in there quicker I think when he goes to RCR, I mean, RCR hasn't been shit, and I mean shit, since Kevin Harvick left. I don't see – but, 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 Billy, I'm going to talk out of the other side of my mouth. They have changed many, many, many people over there in the RCR organization over the last four days, okay? As we're taping this on Thursday, they've got new crew chiefs, they've got new staff, they've got all kind of new people. If the only – I, I agree with you, Billy. I think he, he would have definitely would have rather gone to Hendrick Motorsports, but I'm going to hold out reservation because 
RCR knows that they, they ain't got much time. They they got to do something. They got to do quick, especially when they're when when Tyler Reddick wins. I mean, I, <laughs> Dylan has won uh, Xfinity championships. Well, Tyler Reddick's won two, and now you got two guys over there with multiple Xfinity championships. And 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 RCRs need to kick it up, and I think they may be doing something. But I I agree with you. I think if he would have known that this seat would have been open, I think he stayed at Junior Motorsports. Um, Rob Lopes, I know you you're kind of okay. you may or may not be able to say anything. I don't know because you, you may be in the loop that we are. But you have any idea who who you might think would go over there to JJC? Oh, on JJC? Yeah. If somebody, well, in my opinion. You there's two there's two roads to follow. You either put your developmental driver in there and you start over the same way you put JJ in there, however many years ago, mm-hmm. and you work it, or you go ahead and you cut a big ass check, and you, in my opinion, if you're going to cut the big ass check, you get Kyle Larson and you buy him away from Ganassi, yeah, because that son of a bitch is a wheel man. And he's yep. still young, yep. and he's still mm-hmm. damn hungry. Because yep. that son of a gun will wheel a race car. Okay? Yep. You can put Kyle Larson in there. He would be a good fit over there. Um, he's already a Chevy driver. Opinion, and he's already a Chevy driver, so you've got Chevy backing. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Um, but it would, it would probably take a big check. Let me it tell you really this. Would. I think we all can agree that the only Chase Elliott-type driver in the entire NASCAR series is Kyle Larson. That, that young superstar ain't out there like when, when Chase Elliott was coming up. Everybody knew Chase Elliott was coming up to cup, and he was, it wasn't going to be long before he was winning races, and he is winning races. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kyle Larson, to me, Billy Bradley, there ain't anybody else I would want except for Tyler Reddick. And we can talk about, you know, Ross Chastain. I Yo. think that's Young. You, you, could, here's a, you could get other guys. You could get other guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Here's, yeah. but, here's a shot. You could get experience, but you're only talking two or three years. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Like, you yep. could get a, a – and, and I'm just – I'm talking out of my ass right now because mm-hmm. I don't know whose contracts are what or whatever because I don't really yeah. care. Yeah. You know, you got guys like Kurt Busch that can wheel the hell out of a race car. If you could lure him away, yeah, you put him in the car and he's there for two or three years, maybe. Yeah. Or who That's knows? Where I was you know, going? Because Kurt Busch is a wheel man, and who knows? Yep. He might be one of them cats that might want to drive till he's fifty, like Harry Gant did. Yep. But you don't see when, that anymore. Hendrick Motorsports, when they lose Jimmy Johnson, they they're the they're they're really going to be winning. Listen to what I'm saying. They just lost Dale Earnhardt Jr multiple millions of dollars a year they were paying him. Jimmy Johnson, probably the same thing, if not just a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Look at them. They're not going to be paying out that much money for a driver, so they save money right there. They're going to have the money to go get whoever they want, but they get a okay. bus to run two or three years, and then they cut their program back to two or three car teams. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing, Billy. Along that same line, you need names bring money. Yeah. And you've got to have the money coming in to that team to pay the money out. Jimmy yeah. Johnson brings money. There's a reason Ally signed on yeah. because 
they said, you know what, we are backing a seven-time champion. I'm champion. Okay? We are backing him. You bring in a guy that, you know, that has done this or done that. He's won a couple Xfinity races. You know what? There's not a – in today's market, there's not many companies that are going to go, you know what, yeah, we'll pony up $20 million right now. We'll pony up $15 million right now yeah. on this cat. You know, we'll take the gamble. You know what I mean? Because it's not there. The, the, the whole business side of it has changed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The 48 has been the benchmark for sponsors. Lowe's sponsors the entire season. Ally has sponsored the entire season. Why? Because he's a seven-time champion. There's not another car in the field that carries the same paint scheme every week because it takes Here two Rob or three sponsors to split the deal. It takes <laughs> two or three sponsors to split the deal now. I'll, I'll, you know I'll put it to you like this. Um, I tweeted late last week when we found out that Daniel Hemrick was gone. They put out a press release or, or excuse me, Daniel Hemrick said at his at his press conference that he was given a I'm I'm sorry, Tony Stewart said this. Daniel Suarez was given a a a a goal, an amount of money as a goal to raise so that he could drive there. And I about shit my pants when I heard him say that because it it is a problem in, in my head when I hear that it's a problem because guess what? I don't care how much money I have. I'm not going to the Pittsburgh Steelers and putting and bringing money to the table to play quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers because I got the money to it. NASCAR is the only sport on the planet yeah. where you bring money, we're going to find a place for you to drive. And I, there's that driver out there. Ain't, there ain't a driver in the field except maybe Kyle Larson because he hasn't won a whole bunch of shit, but he's – Everybody knows he's a racer and all that he kind of stuff. He's up front, though. He's up front, and he, if if he had, be quite frank with you, I think if Jeff Gordon had a, had a chance to work with, and call me crazy, if Jeff Gordon had a chance, he's at Hendrick a lot. If Jeff Gordon had a chance to speak with Kyle Larson um, and 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 kind of mentor him a little bit, I, I could see Kyle Larson doing fantastic. But Kyle Larson's the only guy in the field that's going to get any kind of money that he needs to go over there and race him. There ain't anybody else in the field that's going to do it. I agree. Kurt Busch, I know he's, I agree. he's got a, a, a one-year contract You know, next year. We'll see what that goes on. But Kurt Busch, yes, he's a former champion. Yes, he's a good driver. Yes, he's going to keep it clean. But Kurt Busch ain't getting a, a crap ton of money. There's one guy in the field, and his name is is Kyle Larson. You could argue Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney is locked it's up long term. It's an age thing, though, too. Yeah. Everybody said Larson's not going. Larson's not going to Hendrick Motorsports because Larson likes to run those dirt cars, and it's you know, a big, it'll be a big issue. Okay with that? Yeah. It's, this is all to say it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the course of next year. I hope it does not overshadow Jimmy Johnson's um, uh, season. I hope he has an amazing season. And quite frankly, I thought I would never say this, Billy. I, I actually hope we get to see number eight next year. I think that would be something awesome for us to see in our lifetime. Um, because I don't, excuse me, I don't think it's going to happen again. Let's talk about a little bit of news other than silly season. Um, <laughs> and next week during the, uh, the, the banquet, uh, they're going to, NASCAR is going to announce, um, the, the new, you know, sponsors, the top tier sponsor. I gotta believe that 
that monster is going to be. They're only looking for, you know, three to five top-tier sponsors, Billy Bradley. You have to believe that monster is one of them. But this is the brand-new marketing situation, the brand-new uh, sponsorship situation. There's gonna, it's going to be called the, the, the NASCAR Cup. It's going to be presented by, and it may have two or three sponsors. Billy, I think this is a huge shift in in what we've got for the sport. I, I don't know who else that's going to be, but it's going to be interesting to see who the, the top three or four people they have. But here, and I preface all this to say this, Billy, we talked about it all season. NASCAR viewership has been up, and not up by just a tick. It was up pretty good until the last three races of the season. And guess what? The last three races of the season, viewership tanked. And I don't mean just a little bit dipped. They tank so far that viewership is flat over 18 to 19. And we were up on a huge tick, Billy Bradley, and now it all of a sudden it came down flat. Now, if I was anybody in NASCAR, the biggest concern I would have is NASCAR viewership because they got a contract coming up for TV money, and they need that thing to go the other direction. Billy, I believe the reason why that tick went down is not because of the playoff format. I believe that tick went down because, or excuse me, that we don't have the point system, that we have a playoff format. I believe that tick went down because Martinsville was not a good race. Texas was an okay race. Phoenix sucked, and nobody wanted to watch the finale because Kyle Busch was in it. That's what I personally believe. Billy, why do you think the last few races of the year were so terrible that it tanked the season's statistics? Uh, I can tell you why. It's because it was deer season, brother. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I, I'm Billy, sorry. Excuse my I, language. Billy, I, we're going I, I there. The one thing I would argue with you is, is that it was those three races were were decidedly lower than it was in 2018. It was still deer season in 2018. What <laughs> happened that people stopped watching the damn last three races? I wish I could give you an answer, but the only way I could tell this fall back on it is that what well, the way you just said it was the the final three races you just mentioned they weren't very good races, and people just assumed that you know they're not going to be races. You know, us diehard fans, we we paid attention, yeah, but you know the ones that tuned in for Talladega. Uh, and all of that, they were they. It was an exciting race. They mm-hmm. didn't see that all the way throughout those final Martinsville, Texas, yeah. Kansas. They didn't really see all that. So I guess it just kind of just died off. Billy, barstool sports brought so many new fans to this thing. It wasn't even funny. They live streamed the. I mean, they watched the Talladega race because it was on Monday. And their car, the 95, was doing great up until the end. And it brought tons of people in. And then guess what? Martinsville was kind of a blah. Kansas was like, uh, and we lost them. (laughs) We lost them when we went to Texas. (laughs) They were like, oh, man, I don't know about this. And I thought Texas was a fairly decent race for Texas. But my whole going back to what I said earlier, you want people to tune into that finale at Homestead or Phoenix or wherever the hell you want to put it, Offer a million dollars for the for the non championship four to win that race, and you'll see some competition. The, the the last race of the year since its inception, 
has been pitiful. Like 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 I was there in nineteen ninety seven when when all Jeff Gordon had to do was finish in the top eighteen to to win the championship. I think he finished fifteenth a lap down and he won the championship. Didn't win the race but won the championship. It's always it's always been, you know, like that for the last race. You need an incentive to go in there. But I was very shocked. I didn't think that it was that the viewership had gone that far south and after we had such a you know, such a such a great year, Rob Lopes. I want to I want to ask you this question right here. Lay um, yeah, on Billy. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back and and ask you um, if you had to pinpoint. And this is interesting because you're on the other side of of this coin here. But if you had to pinpoint the most positive thing that happened in 2019 for the sport, what would I mean? Does anything come to mind? On what you think that is there any one thing that you saw or one thing that really stood out to you that was made 2019 different? Uh, I, I will say this, and I don't know if this qualifies, but I was very skeptical of the drag package that we've run on the bigger tracks, that it would make bad racing take longer. It has made our mile and a half and our bigger tracks a little more exciting. However, I think we can tweak on that. Um, there, there's, there's, there's so many different things. The, the thing of it is, is I feel like the mentality is we, we want the have-nots to be as equal as the haves. Yeah. And it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. It doesn't happen in other sports. Yeah. You know what? The small market MLB teams, the small market hockey teams, the small market football teams mm-hmm. are still small market teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're going to have guys that run in the back. You're going to have guys that run up front. And that's, the, and that's the nature of the beast. We're not – when you're at the top tier, we're not in participation trophies here. Yeah. Okay? It's all about winning, period. Forget the feelings. Yeah. Forget the crap. Um, I think the racing was really good. Like you said, viewership is up. It would be nice if attendance was up, but the thing of it is, is the television coverage is so great right now that you can see everything, um, and, and, that, and that makes a difference, and, and television is where the money is, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, seats, but there's nothing like experience. You know what? People still go to hockey games. You can watch them on TV. People still go to NFL games. You can watch them on TV. You know, there's nothing like being there. Yeah. And I think that the fan experience is incredible. I think that the the tracks are doing what they can to enhance the fan experience. Um, as you can tell by Talladega's revamp yeah. of their infield, mm-hmm. Richmond's, Phoenix, Phoenix last year. all of that has Talladega is incredible as far as fan exposure and fan experience. Incredible. And it's a, I'm sorry, I'm stuttering, but being there is being there. You smell it, you see it, you taste it, the whole shooting match. There's nothing, you will grab more fans for your sport if you draw them in to the event, television does one thing. You know what? It draws me back to that line in uh, 
what is it, um, uh, the Tom Cruise movie, you know, you know, ESPN, you know, the coverage is excellent. Yes, it's excellent. But you know what? Being there hooks you. Yeah. Agree. Definitely hooks you. No doubt. I I before Before I got in this sport, I drug people to Dover because when I was a teenager, my family went to Dover, and I was, I was involved in racing when I was 15 years old. And I drug people to Dover with me because my parents always bought extra tickets. And I would drag people to Dover, and the next thing you know, they're NASCAR fans because they experienced it. The experience is still there. You know, the, the coverage is amazing, and, you know, TV has taken, taken our sport to the next level. But being there is being there. You know what I mean? That's why that's why these football games. That's why there's people sitting in you know in the stands of football, baseball, hockey, yeah. all that sort of stuff. It's the experience. It really. Is. I agree. The experience ahead, is something that you. No, it's okay. The experience is something you can't you can't explain. You have to you have to actually be there to to get it. Billy Bradley, same question to you. What stuck out in your mind in 2019 as, as something extremely positive that you didn't necessarily think you were going to see? Or, or what are your thoughts on 2019 season, Billy Bradley? The, my thought is the mile-and-a-half uh, program, how, how well this package worked for it, but also this package, how it didn't work so well for the short tracks in Bristol, for example, uh, I was very shocked that Bristol, the race that it was, as mm-hmm. I mean, it really. There was, I'm going to say it wasn't good, but you know, this package didn't seem to to fit that criteria. And I know they're going to tweak on it and get it to there, but now the mile and a half programs, I was like, holy shit, uh, th- this is a great race. Yeah, Billy, I, I if I had to pick one thing. And, and I'll mention a few, but the number one thing that, that surprised me in a positive way for 2019 is how NASCAR turned the ship from going straight to shit to out of the toilet and, and, and moving forward in a very positive direction. Brian France is gone, and you can definitely tell because NASCAR is, is more progressive, they're more transparent, they're more active they're more i mean they're they're doing everything to help us us nascar fans stay in tune they're buying other properties they they've got you know the K&N they've got racing electronics they got all this stuff going on so that they can they're buying tracks i mean they're, they're doing everything they need to do from a totalitarian standpoint so that we can have nascar succeed thrive and really move forward in an extremely positive light. And we haven't seen that, Billy Bradley, in the last 15 years. In the last 15 years, NASCAR has gone from top of the world to, to crap, and it's starting now to pick back up, and it's awesome to see. Because a couple of years ago, it was looking pretty bleak. The, the car sucked. Attendance was dwindling. Nobody wanted to admit it in the industry. And now we, we've got to pick back up. And we're moving in. It's the first time that I've seen it move in a positive direction, Billy. And I mean, it's been decades. And I, and I mean that from growing up in the 90s 
um, you know, the 80s and 90s, the early 2000s, you know, the, the sport was doing nothing but growing. We didn't know any, any I didn't know personally any, any downside to it. And when I, when I saw it, it, it was a long time before it started to pick back up. I think NASCAR, finally, we got the right people in the right place. They're making changes. I know that, you know, they changed race directors after being there for, for years and years and years. I think it was the right move, even though that, you know, the lineups were off and wrong and that sort of thing. You have to, you have to do these things in the business world to keep moving forward. I love that I saw that. The other thing that I loved is that NASCAR finally, Billy, after literally 15 years, fixed the mile-and-a-half races. You mentioned it, and I'm a, to me, race fan, Dado, um, if the most tracks you have are mile-and-a-half tracks, you damn sure better end, in my opinion, your season on a mile-and-a-half track. I, there's more mile-and-a-half tracks than there are um, big short tracks, short tracks, or super speedways or road courses. There's more mile-and-a-half tracks. If we're going to keep these mile-and-a-half tracks, you have to make those races better, and they did. They made those races better. They did it at the detriment to some of these larger short tracks that we used to see some pretty good action on it. But NASCAR is trying, Billy. I, I appreciate somebody trying. They've missed the mark a little bit, but they're going to get better. The fact of the matter is we've been waiting for 15 years for them to do something, right? They finally did something. Right. I, I appreciate it. I'm not going to bash them for, you know, for, for I'm going to praise them for working on the mile-and-a-half program instead of bashing them for really hurting the, the, the large short tracks. But from this, where, I, where this fan sits, NASCAR is a great product. It is as fun, Billy Bradley, as it's ever been in my entire life. And and I was there when Richard Petty was driving. I was there when Dale Earnhardt was driving. But the competition today is absolutely tight. There's the, the, there's 20 guys on the track every week that has a, a legitimate shot to win that race. Um, and and I I firmly believe that this is some of the we we got great times ahead of us. And I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm, there wasn't a whole lot of stuff that I I really didn't like except for the fact that we've already talked about. I mean, the playoff format, Kyle Busch won this playoff, but it's not ideal. And I think they need to tweak that. Um, 2021 is a, is a time of big change. And quite frankly, I, I know I've, I've gone on a soliloquy here, but quite frankly, I'm pretty excited to see what the future holds, Billy Bradley. Um, Rob Lopes, we've got, uh, I assume um, you're going to be back with the six team next year. Is that correct? Have you heard yet? You, what, are you, what are you thinking? Yes, I will be back Good. for the sixteen. I apparently they're still interested in me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some you know. They're I got a little experience well. in the series. I got a little experience, and yeah. um, I'm looking forward. To, I really like racing with Ryan Newman. I yeah. really do. Yeah. It, you know, I've never I never worked with him before, and he is pretty awesome. He really is. And, I, and I've been fortunate to work with some really great drivers. I mean, I've worked with Kevin Harvick. I've worked with Dale Jr. Yeah, I won my first race in the 90s with Joe Nemechek when he won his first race. Awesome. So, yeah, I, I was with Steve Park when he won his first race. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've, I've been with some really special guys. And I really like Ryan Newman, and I'm happy to be where I'm at. Um. 
but the biggest thing is I'm a racer, and I want to go yeah. racing, and I want to race for wins. And the six car wants me there, and I want to be where I'm wanted. Yeah. I really do. That's a big thing to me, and it, and I'm excited. I'm really excited for 2020. I really well, am. The fact of the matter is, especially Rob with Ryan, Especially with Ryan Newman in the seat, you know, yeah. I mean, he's an awesome dude. He really is. Well, and the fact of the matter is, we we shared, you know, this week in the group, we shared a text where Ricky Stenhouse Jr. had the most uh, crashes <laughs> per per race, and Ryan Newman is is one of the ones with the few crashes per race. But it has been awesome uh, following along of uh, the number sixteen, uh, you know, progress. It was uh, it was really interesting seeing where Ryan Newman leaves RCR and jumps from a Chevy to a Ford and into a Ford last year that. I saw Trevor Bain and Matt Kenseth split time, and, and all Ryan Newman does is come in here, um, point the shit out of every race, make the playoffs, and and uh, and dig yep, hard and, and he fight every week. Yeah, he, he, he did exactly out of the park. Because what why? He knows what he needs to do. Yeah, he knows what he needs to do. Yeah, and the fact and of the matter is, know what? Bringing those guys this. left. We What's discussed that? this. Is that bringing Matt Kenseth in was a barometer for the six? Yeah. You know, yeah. and when they saw, hey, you put this cat in here, it changed things. Yep. Trevor Bain, great guy. Yeah. You know, I got to know him a little bit, but, you know, I, and I've said this privately, and I'm going to say it publicly right now, the worst thing that happened to Trevor Bain was him winning the Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. That was the yeah. worst thing that happened to him. He's a Daytona 500 winner, but that was the worst thing that happened to him. Because I like Trevor. He's an awesome dude. He Mm -hmm. really is. However, the killer instinct, I never saw it. Yeah. I never, you know, I never saw the killer instinct in it. I never did. And after working with guys like Dale Jr. and Kevin Harvick, you want to talk about fierce? Yeah. I mean, those two cats right there, just alone. Define fierce. Yeah. Fierce competitors. You know, Billy Bradley. Sparks, a fierce competitor. You know, I've I worked with fierce competitors, and when I got to the six, I was like, you know, okay, he's a Daytona 500 winner, and he's a good guy. But you know what? And I've said this on, on a, different, a different plane from racers, guys like me that are in the trenches, you know what? There's a lot of nice guys, and there's a lot of good workers. And you know what? The unemployment line is filled with those dudes. Yeah. You've got to be fierce. You've got to have your stuff in one bag, and you've got to be after it all the time. That's all I'm going to say. Sorry. Now, literally, your foot's got to be on the gas, or um, you're you're not there anymore. And And it was clear to see. It was certainly a, a fun year filled with all kind of stuff, just like every year is, uh, Billy Bradley. Rob, it was great to, to have you addition on this year. Billy, I think what we need to do is, um, is, is plan a trip sometime during this winter, and we'll do a uh, – Billy Bradley and I, I – Billy, have we ever done a podcast in front of each other, like face-to-face? We need to oh, do yeah. that. Not this year, no. Yeah, we haven't done it this year. And no, I think we've only done it maybe twice. We need to be twice. in the same room and do a podcast over the winter. We need to do that. 
what we'll do is we will do a podcast of the three of us in the same room, and we will live stream it. We'll do it sometime over the winter, and um, and you'll, you'll belly up to the bar, and uh, and uh, we'll have a good time. In fact, maybe we'll do it at Whiskey River. If it's in a um, hotel room at the Wyndham Garden, yeah. that's what we need to do, whatever it takes. I mean, uh, we let's will Facebook to do live it. it. We will, damn, put a cell phone on the windowsill, whatever it takes, in a Wyndham Garden, whatever it takes. Yeah. We will do what we need to do. That that yeah. is a must. I agree with you. We'll definitely do it, um, folks. There's only one message that we're going to send here for the good of the community, and that is we're coming up on the holiday season. Take care of your neighbor. Take care of the people that are less fortunate than you. Do not drink and drive. I repeat, do not drink and drive. Let's make this a safe and happy holiday and uh, season for everybody, and let's get through it together. Check on your neighbor. Um, do something Amen. kind for the community and and stay stay safe um, stay safe when you're behind the wheel, fellas. It's been a hey, fantastic year. Dan, I have one year. other thing. Yeah, Dan, I have one other thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, we have racing season and we're in off season right now. You know, we have deer season, which Billy is a <laughs> huge fan of. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's duck season, there's rabbit season, there's everything. But I'm going to tell you all what's coming up right now, and it lasts from Thanksgiving to New Year's, okay? And that's pie season. Yeah. (laughs) Okay? Pie season starts in Thanksgiving, ends at New Year's, because if you go over to somebody's house and they ain't got pie, you don't need to be there. Yeah, leave. (laughs) Because because this holiday season is about pie. I mean, I don't care. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. The white rhino of pie season is a cherry lattice, in my opinion. Yep. Everybody's got pumpkin. Everybody's got apple. Cherry uh-huh. lattice is the white rhino, okay? <laughs> and, you know, and preseason, because we're in Homestead, Miami, preseason pie season is key lime. I'm just saying. <laughs> key lime you know pie. I know. People, if, if you want to send Rob Lopes a gift, I think he just said key lime pie. Um, he, he, would, he, he wouldn't turn Actually, down key lime pie. Actually, if you send me some cherry lattice, because I'm a fan of cherry lattice, and that's a that's a hard thing to come by. Preseason is key lime because that gets you warmed up. Listen, All right, well, Billy, I hope you knock down a freaking hundred pointer or however them deer grow. You know, you've seen some you know atypical stuff. You know, and I'm not a hunter. I'm a shooter, but not a hunter. But I'll tell you what. Pie season is the best season. <laughs> I can't disagree <laughs> with pie season. I'm a big fan of pie season, Billy Bradley. Um, folks, I appreciate you guys uh, listening all year long. We will do a couple more podcasts over the uh, over the, the so-called off-season to get ready for 2020. For Rob Lopes, for Billy Bradley, this is Dado signing off for 2019. Y'all have a safe and happy holiday, and we'll see you all next year. Let's go. Thanks, brother.